Hello, and welcome to the Get Lean and Eat Clean podcast. My name is Brian Grin. I'm a certified health coach, trainer, and author. And this podcast is for middle-aged men and women looking to optimize their health and get their bodies back to what it once was 10 to 15 years ago. I will give you simple, actionable items to get long-term sustainable results. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. All right. Welcome to the Get Lean, Eat Clean podcast. My name is Brian Grin. I hope you had a great weekend and hope you listened to my interview with Tim James. Definitely some cool tips to take to help um, you know build a healthy lifestyle. One of them is the simple act of just chewing your food or making sure that obviously you're getting the correct water. He mentioned um, like a purified structured water and uh, there's some purifiers out there that you could definitely get if you wanted to upgrade um, what you were taking in, <clears throat> but, uh, definitely some great tips. And it was interesting that he talked about how he sort of went from a meat and fish eater to a vegetarian. And I'm actually ironically going to talk about how I went sort of the other way and was, um, a while pescatarian for a while and meaning just fish and veggies and, uh, mainly like um, I, I remember I used to make a big salad with veggie burgers, um, tried to find good quality veggie burgers because there's not too many on the market. A lot of them have what's called vegetable oils, um, in them. And those are just things you want to avoid. If you listen to the, some of the podcasts, um, we talk about that, you know, canola, safflower, safflower, um, grapeseed, those type of oils, you want to avoid those. And those are in a lot of vegetable, oil, um, veggie burgers. So keep an eye on that. If you do have veg veggie burgers from time to time. Um, so yeah, I wanted to talk about what made me start to get into eating nose to tail meat organs, things like that. Actually last night I had liver and, um, it really was a game changer. I actually started it, um, uh, beginning of COVID. Um, so this was 2020, uh, March and, uh, really just eased my way back into it. Um, a lot for the, a lot of reasons I stopped eating meat was the humane issues. And obviously I love animals and, um, but <clears throat> I justified it in the fact that, you know, this is something as a, you know, at a, at a core that humans we've been eating for, you know, three, over 3 million years. And as long as I get the meat that is sustainable, um, you know, raised humanely, and the animals are roaming and they're not in, um, just conventional, uh, feedlots. Um, this was, uh, this is what I look for when I get my meat or, um, poultry, although I don't, I don't really eat chicken. That's not really my thing. And I'm not a huge fan of it. If you listen to my interview with Dr. Ben Beekman, chicken is definitely overeaten. There's a lot of omega sixes in there and, uh, it's really tough to find quality chicken and really chicken is just protein, which can be fine, but you definitely want to have protein with some fat. Um, and that's why I prefer, like, if I'm going to have something, you know, like a ribeye or something like that, um, occasionally mixing it up between lean meats and fattier meats. But anyways, um, the bottom line is whatever you're eating, I'm not trying to be dogmatic about it. I'm just going to tell you my reasoning behind, um, going to meat and one of them is getting more protein and getting a better quality protein. 
because uh, a lot of vegan proteins out there, um, they're missing a lot of amino acids and things like that, that can um, play a role in helping you build muscle, which was a goal of mine. So I guess it depends on your goals and things like that. Um, if you're, if you've eaten the standard American diet of red sugar and junk foods, and you decide to go and become a vegetarian, you're going to definitely have, um, it's going to make an impact. You're going to, it's, it's going to play a great role in changing your health. Um, but I don't know if in, in, in the long haul, uh, being a vegetarian, you might find that you might, um, be lacking in some nutrients. And I'm going to talk about that today. Um, and you know, there's ways to get around it. You can definitely supplement. So if that's for you, go, go for it. Um, I'm going to talk about some of those today. I mean, um, a lot of the big arguments and what sort of got me into meat and nose to tail was, um, Dr. Paul Saladino's book, uh, which I have right here, actually carnivore code. I remember reading that, um, a couple of years ago. And it just sort of clicked for me and it made a lot of sense. And one of the main things he talked about was, um, you know, these anti-nutrients that are, you know, these are natural compounds that are found in plants, but what it do, what, what, uh, these anti-nutrients protect plants from bacterial infections and they protect plants from being eaten by predators because plants can't run. Um, so this is like a self-defense mechanism. And these are things like oxalates, um, lectins, phytic acid. I mean, I could, there's a whole, whole list of them. And, you know, some people don't react so well when they have these anti-nutrients and back in the hunter gatherer days, a lot of times they would soak or sprout or ferment vegetables to make them more tolerable to eat. Um, but I truly believe that, um, you know, our predecessors ate some plant foods, but these were more eaten as like survival foods rather than components of their diets that provided unique nutrients. Um, so, you know, I believe that, you know, the human metabolism, um, really thrives off fat and thrives off, uh, protein, um, to, to grow and to build muscle and to just last as long as you can, <laughs> because we all know, you know, obviously lack of, uh, muscle and bone mass and people get what's called sarcopenia over time. And so we want to try to avoid that. Um, so these anti-nutrients also oxalates is another one, um, that, that oxalates, if you've, if you've heard of them, um, um, it's it, again, it's a defense weapon against predators that plants have, and it's very high in turmeric, spinach, uh, rhubarb, almonds. Um, and I will just say another book that I love, if you want to read a little bit more about this is I had her on the podcast, Dr. Judy Troy, and I'm going to have her back on again. And she, her book, which I have right here, is called The Carnivore Cure. I love this. I find myself going back to this book a ton. So hopefully I'll get her back on. But if you want to listen to that episode and, and I'll dive a little bit more deep, a little deeper into um, carnivore-ish eating. And maybe this could be something if, you know, maybe you have skin conditions or you have gut, gut issues and you find that when you're eating, um, eating plants that they're causing issues. Now, some will argue that maybe you have to clean up everything, your gut. And, you know, as Tim James mentioned, if you're, if you're having trouble digesting plants, maybe it's a gut issue, not the fact that the plants have these anti-nutrients and that could play a role. He mentioned something, um, which I'm going to get done. It's like a, 
colon hydrotherapy, uh, where they actually, uh, he mentioned it in the podcast and I did it a while back, but I'm going to do one tomorrow. So I'll report back on how that goes, where they put a gentle stream, uh, you know, into your, um, body and into your anal gland, if, if I want to say, and, um, and, you know, get out fecal matter matter. And it's, it's, it's a gentle process, but I'll be doing that tomorrow. So I'll let you know how that goes again. Um, but I think people who overdo, like, let's just say that green smoothie that they've had, I know Brad Kearns talks a lot about that. He used to have this green smoothie with kale and almonds and almond milk. And, you know, um, where you're just getting this inflow of oxalates every day, um, you actually produce it yourself. You produce about 10 to 30 milligrams of oxalates per day. But when you're having this smoothie, you're probably getting about 200 times that. And just imagine the doing that every day. So 75% of ki kidney stones are made from calcium oxalate. So, um, yeah, you want to be careful with that. If you're overdoing it with these, you know, turmeric, spinach, almond smoothie every morning, it's, it's, it might not play a good role in, in your health. Um, and then it gets back to, um, one of the things that I was looking into when I was uh, getting into meat was, you know, the, the traditional grain fed meat. Um, which you want to, I, I personally try to avoid as much as possible and go with grass fed, grass finished meat. There's so many great companies out there that you can order from and just keep it in your freezer because grass fed meat has been shown to have higher levels of, you know, vitamin C, E, A, CoQ10 and lower amounts of pesticides like glyphosate, atrazine, dioxins, and mold toxins. So to me, grass fed is the clear winner. Um, and it's definitely worth the money. I, I, I don't spend a ton of money on a lot of things, but I do like to spend it on food because if I'm putting it in my body, I want to make sure it's a, from a quality source. Um, and then you run into, you know, if you're, if you're, if you're not eating, um, if you're not getting protein from, um, animal sources, quality animal sources, and you get run into like, if you have a lot of soy and tofu and let's just say pinto beans, um, the hormones of estrogen, um, can play a, a role and you definitely want to avoid that. So you don't want to overdo it with the soy and the tofu, which is, you know, obviously a soy protein and then pinto beans and white bread and peanuts and things like that. So keep an eye on, on that. If, 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 if that's become an intricate role in your diet, um, you just want to be careful with that hormone. You don't want too much estrogen. Um, and then, you know, people make the argument regarding, um, the, the environment factor, as far as, um, you know, it's bad for the environment, as far as <clears throat> animals, animals, uh, these feedlots and things like this. But, um, uh, I actually learned this through the carnivore cure that one almond, well, let's just say this water used in the production of meat is much lower than water used to grow nuts. And people don't realize this. And <clears throat> this was just one example that I pulled from the book carnivore cure, but one almond requires nearly 1.1 gallons of water. <laughs> so <clears throat> I can't imagine how much water is used, especially in California, which is where we get most of our almonds, um, to supply for, you know, the country and the world. Um, and then, you know, there's the, the, the question about what vitamins and minerals am I going to be getting from, <clears throat> excuse me, from eating meat and vitamin A is a big one. And that can be found in animal foods, <clears throat> the retinol vitamin A. You know, people say, well, you can get that from, from maybe some, some things like sweet potatoes, but sweet potatoes 
it's in the form of beta, beta carotene. You would need to have a lot of them, like a, almost a pound of sweet potatoes to get what you would want as far as vitamin A is concerned. <clears throat> All right, I'm losing my voice. No, we're back. Vitamin B12 is another big one. So if you are, if you are not eating meat, you know, you might want to have a good quality B complex. Um, another one was creatine. You know, we do, and creatine is something we produce one gram per day, but it's re that's really not enough for optimal performance. And they found that it could be linked to optimal performance, not only for our muscles, but for our brain. Um, creatine supplementation had a significant positive effect on both working memory and intelligence intelligence for both tasks that require speed of processing. So creatine is one of these things that's been highly researched and whether you're a meat eater or not, this is something I think you should supplement with a quality, um, creatine, especially if you're lifting weights. Also carnitine, um, carnitine is another one that you can find mainly in animal foods. Um, and this helps us use our fat stores for energy. So we talk a lot about that using fat for fuel, um, in the form of ketones. Um, so you definitely want carnitine, choline's another one, um, deficiencies of choline associated with, um, non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. Um, there's been, you know, neuro, neurodegenerative diseases and heart disease. And so you definitely want choline. You can get choline from egg yolks, liver, and kidney. Um, it is in broccoli, but you would need to eat a ton. I won't swear on this. You'd have to eat a ton, uh, more than a pound to get the right amount. That's a lot. So carnosine is another one. This is a molecule that's in a, that acts as endogenous, endogenous antioxidants, excuse me, much like glutathione. So we can have small amounts from our diet, but this helps carnosine actually helps reduce the form of advanced glycation end products. And, um, this is something that can, you can get from eating processed foods or even charring your meats too much. Um, and they can cause inflammation. So carnosine can help counteract, um, what's called AGEs. And then taurine is another valuable nutrient found in animal foods that can also help reduce AGEs, which has been linked to inflammation and aging quicker. So, um, those are just some of the benefits that you can get from that, you know, you can get from eating animal foods. And lastly, protein, which I talked about protein and fat are big ones, right? Those are new macronutrients that, um, you know, you want to fuel the body with protein. It's not only how much protein you get in the food, but it's how bioavailable the protein is. And that's sort of where I, I think I fell short when I was just eating, um, mainly vegetarian and some fish is I just felt like I wasn't getting enough protein, um, for the amount of activity I was doing. And obviously we want to avoid things like osteoporosis. We want to maintain muscle mass, which is critical also for insulin sensitivity throughout our life. So <clears throat> also as you age, we need more protein because our body is less able to digest and absorb protein. All right. So you need more than you think as you get older, um, beef, egg, even pork, I'm not a pork eater and fish, um, are some of the higher, um, bioavailability of protein that you can get from foods. And then, you know, you can get protein from rice, kidney beans, peas and tofu. But like I said, you just got to be careful. First of all, you're not, you're not going to have the high bioavailability of those. So you're not going to get what's necessarily on the label per se. And then you have things like tofu, which, you know, you sort of want to, like I mentioned with estrogens, want to avoid so, so soy protein as much as possible. Um, so also too, is the amino acid part of it as well. Um, you know, vegan proteins 
effectively don't stimulate muscle growth and repair due to one of the amino acids is lower leucine. Leucine is high in eggs. Um, and so that is one of the amino acids that helps with mu muscle protein synthesis. Um, and there's other essential amino acids that you get from meats and you cannot get um, from a lot of vegan proteins. So you just got to be careful about that. And then fat, which I mentioned, trying to combine, you know, like Ben Beekman said, he said, we're really, um, if you look at most natural proteins out there, they come with fat other than mainly chicken. So <clears throat> try to get a little fat with your protein helps with satiation, um, with your meals. And it's a, it's a really a preferred fuel source from our brain, considering our brain is 60% fat. Um, so all cells require, um, proper, all cells require fat for proper structure and functioning. Um, also the brain needs fat soluble vitamins and cholesterol for cognitive function, memory, and proper nerve function. So don't be afraid of those saturated fats, those healthy fats that you can get. You can also get them from avocado. Again, if you're not going to have meat, you could probably get them from avocado, maybe some coconut oil. Um, you know, you know, you can cook in that, but I always say you want to cook in ghee or butter. Um, and if you're going to use olive oil, maybe drizzle that onto, onto foods. So, Yes, that was some of the reasons why I wanted to get into adding in some animal proteins into my diet. Um, and it really did help me um, in the gym and also make sure that I wasn't deficient in, you know, vitamin D12, excuse me, vitamin B12 and creatine and choline and some of the other things that I mentioned already today. So anyways, those are my reasonings. If you have yours or if you want to stick to what you're doing. And if working, go for it. And if you're eating the standard American diet with a lot of processed food, whether you go vegetarian, pescatarian, or let's just say carnivore-ish, um, it's going to be a big step up and you're going to see a, a major impact in your health. So find what works for you and stick with it. And I uh, hope this maybe was informative and helped you understand what got me into eating nose to tail. So Thanks so much for listening and enjoy the rest of your day. And I will talk to you at the end of the week with another interview. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to the Get Lean, Eat Clean podcast. I understand there are millions of other podcasts out there and you've chosen to listen to mine. And I appreciate that. Check out the show notes at briangrin.com for everything that was mentioned in this episode. Feel free to subscribe to the podcast and share it with a friend or family member that's looking to get their body back to what it once was. Thanks again and have a great day.